Allison Werner, and I'm the chief editor of Orthodontic Products. At the end of January, the American Association of Orthodontists held its winter conference, where the focus was on how the orthodontic practice is evolving. There are so many more business pathways available to today's orthodontists, and the AAO set out to explore those and help provide attendees like you with information and data you need to determine the right practice modality match for your career progression. But today I wanted to talk to uh, Dr. Ken Dillahay, who is the president of the AAO, and Chris Benson, who is the president of Benson Koppel and Associates. And they were the key organizers, of course, for the event. But we, I wanted to find out from them what they took away from the meeting, i.e., what are you and your peers thinking about when it comes to OSOs and DSOs, group practices, what it takes to start a new solo practice, and what are the concerns you have when it comes to the business side of running an orthodontic practice? But more importantly, where do you think the discussion about practice modalities needs to go next? So thank you two for joining me today. Sure. Thanks for having us, Allison. Great. Well, uh, Dr. Dillahay, let me start with you. Um, this was the first in-person event since the pandemic for the AAO. How did it go? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, it was a little bit touch and go. Uh, we knew that we had a really uh, robust uh, winter conference in the spring of 2020 to talk about open bites in Austin, Texas. And so we're kind of hoping to build on that momentum. And of course, you know, 21, we had a winter conference um, on aligners and it was a great conference, but it also was, uh, was a virtual conference. So we were really excited going into the conference, thinking about the topic, thinking about the people, thinking about the process, thinking about Orlando, Florida uh, in late January. We just had all these pieces coming together and just felt so good about it. Chris and I even talked about one time, maybe we're going to need to expand our hotel block. And um, unfortunately, uh, Omicron uh, sort of uh, threw us a curveball, and uh, we were prepared in the sense that we uh, were going to conduct this meeting in both a face-to-face uh, -face setting and uh, a uh, hybrid setting or a virtual setting. And so I think that helped us make the meeting really successful. Uh, we had similar numbers. I think we actually may have had a few more virtual attendees uh, than we actually did in person. But it was really good for those people that were in the room, face-to-face, -face, uh, interacting with each other, interacting with uh, the vendors that were there and just basically having a really good time getting back together. Yeah, no, exactly. So going into the conference, why this topic? Well, in most uh, interactions that I have with members, in some way, this topic generally comes up. And it's a topic that really affects essentially everybody in practice, whether they're mid-career, in-career, beginning career. And so there's just a lot of information out there. And it was an opportunity to consolidate that, package that, um, have an opportunity for attendees to you know, see the people uh, that they hear about, um, be able to interact with them, be able to ask questions. And so it was, uh, it was just a subject material that I think has uh, just kind of uh, reached a point where it was just timely. It was just important to hear the message. Yeah. And Chris, for you, you were part of the planning committee for the Winter Conference. What were your goals going into um, the conference for the panels that you were putting together? Yeah, well, you know, you think about the title of the of the meeting was the evolution of the ortho practice, and 
And so that's what we wanted to highlight is, you know, when you, when you rewind the orthodontic career tape, you know, just 30 years when I started in orthodontics, you basically got out of your program. Uh, you could go work as an associate or you could start your own practice. Um, and that's uh, kind of what you did. And then if you worked as an associate, you became a partner or you bounced out of that and, and started or did de novo. And those, those were the options. Um, you know, over the last 30 years, you could, we saw orthodontists starting to work inside uh, large dental practices, pediatric practices, um, DSOs. Now we have OSOs. Um, now we have people, orthodontists partnering. So there's just a lot of, um, there's been a lot of change, a lot of evolution. So we wanted to highlight that, you know, I think, I think one of the things you tend to think if you're my age, 60 years old is, you know, I started practicing this way, I'm going to end practicing this way, but there's a lot of options all through your practice life cycle now. And we wanted to highlight that. So we started with the numbers from, from Gage and the AAO. Then we, we highlighted through the next few days, the different ways to do things. And I think, you know, it was interesting. I think uh, I think the the highest rated lecture was done by Shannon Patterson on you know resident options, and I think there was a lot of information that no one had heard before um, in that lecture about uh, you know what the pay is, what you know how difficult or easy it is to find somebody, what the stat stats are of how long residents stay, or am I going to be able to find a partner or buyer for my practice? So, I, you know, the content was fantastic. It was a it was the first time, you know, we weren't talking about clinical stuff. Um, and I don't know if the winter conference has ever been like that. So courageous on Dr. Delahaye's part to, to bring it forward. And uh, we found some great speakers, had some, had some great, uh, all facets were represented. And that was just the content I think will be listened to over and over and over. The feedback I've gotten afterwards was you know, gosh, I heard the conference was great. I wasn't there, but I'm going to buy the, you know, the tape. So I think it'll, it'll live on beyond its weekend. Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, Shannon Patterson's um, panel, but beyond that, what were the ones that you thought really resonated or you were surprised that, you know, people were really engaged with the topic or that you realized maybe we need to do more on this? Well, you know, I think we did uh, we did a lot of new things, but two of the, two of the things we did is we did, we did two pretty big panels. And so we did one at the end of the first day with the OSO, some of the current leaders in that space. Um, these are people that, you know, uh, folks had an image of, but uh, what I think that panel did on the OSOs was brought a humanity to them that they're actually very thoughtful people, very bright people. Um, it's not for everybody. Only 6% of our specialty is with these groups right now and growing, but, you know, uh, they're not Darth Vader. They're, you know, they, 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 they can fit in some instances to these folks. We did a panel at the end of the second day with all the speakers, and that was a larger array of speakers. Um, the feedback that I think we received was the panels were the favorite thing from the audience, both virtual and in-person because it, was, it wasn't just slides, right? It was free form content where the constituents got to ask questions and the panelists got to answer through an array of, and we had a lot of time for those. So that was a relatively new format for this meeting. I think it's one that will maybe adopted going forward. So it was a good way to sum up days and give uh, a little bit more raw feeling and experience to the users. Well, talking about that raw feeling, um, what were some of the questions that struck you or the concerns that um, the constituents raised as you were listening to these panels? Yeah, you know, the OSO thing, Ken, was was a risk, right? You know, these are the AO, 
the AO asking the OSOs to come be a part of AO sponsored meeting. And, um, you know, we asked some questions. Are you going to support the AO? Um, you know, are you going to make the, are you going to change the way that the doctors choose to practice? And like I said, I, I think there's a lot of information conveyed that we get images of doing things differently than we did. Even the pedo ortho, there was a lot of pedo ortho. Um, there, I think we had two or three speakers that were pedo ortho. That's, I describe that as kind of chocolate and peanut butter, right? You know, both good separate, but really good together. And there was a lot of inter interaction in those discussions with the pedo ortho groups about how do you structure those? How do you do those? Is that a good hedge against the corporate? So the AEO didn't put one mode forward that they, they were endorsing or saying were the best. They said, hey, there's a lot, we've evolved. There's a lot of different paths. And now they're not inherently good or evil, but our job in this meeting was to educate you about these options. I think we did a great job with that with some phenomenal speakers and some first time speakers that were really, really exceptional. Oh, that's great. Great. Well, you know, with these conferences, they're a great way to also hear from the orthodontists, what they're experiencing on the ground every day in their practices. What was your takeaway on the issues that they're thinking about, especially as you go into the AO annual session? I think so. I think most of the speakers um, touched on the way that digital is changing our lives away from analog. And, um, you know, very generically, you could say analog is brackets and wires and digital is using computers and software and other tools to design your diagnosis and treatment. And uh, so people are, are concerned about how to navigate through that uh, world uh, because we know the analog world so well. It's how we've done it for primarily the last 80 years, but it's gonna be a digital world. All the data points us that way. We had Chris Bonebreak Jackson, who has just got a tremendous background talking a little bit about, about that world and you know how excited she is to see not what's here, but what's yet to come uh, for the orthodontic space in the digital space. Um, and pretty much every orthodontist, you know, touched on uh, in some ways how digital is changing the way they look at data, the way they diagnose and treat, um, the way they prepare you know, and speak to the consumer. Th those are all things that the AAO conference is going to address, um, among other things. And that's a big topic that was a sideline, but addressed a, a little bit in this conference as well. Yeah, excellent. Well, so Dr. Dillahay, back to more focused on that AO annual session that's coming up in Miami Beach. What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm just hoping to have a good, robust session, you know, that's free of any uh, any more variants that throw us another curveball. Uh, you know, sort of that, I think we're going to be very successful. Um, you know, we, we weren't able to be uh, together in uh, Atlanta in 2020 or in Boston in 2021. So, I'm hoping there's a significant pent up demand. Uh, we didn't get to go to Honolulu and see the beach in um, Waikiki, but uh, we are going to get to see the beach in Miami. So, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. The convention center is awesome. It's virtually brand new. There's about a million and a half square foot of space in it. About 500,000 can be dedicated to the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the exhibit hall. And uh, South Beach, there's so much activity and such a fun place to be and just just a great place to have a meeting. Uh, I will tell you that we have struggled a little bit since we were a little bit late to the party in uh, obtaining uh, housing for a lot of the people that are attending. So as you put this message out, uh, I would certainly encourage them to register early and get their housing early. 
because um, as as people register a little bit later, the uh, distance that they're going to travel from the convention center to their to their hotel is going to be uh, expanded even then maybe into downtown Miami itself. So uh, we're, I think our numbers are right on track when we compare those with uh, the numbers that we had the last time we were on the East Coast face to face, and that was in Washington, D.C. in 2018. And um, so we're, we're tracking pretty well at this point. Uh, we'll just hope that continues and and uh, we don't don't have any more hiccups. <laughs> yes, fingers crossed. Well, as I understand, um, uh, AO members can still access some of the winter conference materials, correct? If they've missed they out can. on some of the panels. Okay, great. You know, Allison, I want I want to tell you this one little story. I mean, uh, Crystal can concur on this, but you know, there's all this planning and all this detail and all this emphasis and you get the people in assembled and you get them in line and you get everything's going and you get them mic'd up and you get them behind the curtain. I mean, there's just all this robust activity that you just can't describe unless you've seen it. And then all of a sudden in the middle of a virtual presentation from one of our presenters, the internet goes out. <laughs> How does that happen? You know, after a short time, we're like, well, the show's got to go on. So we pick up and go. But we've got this huge uh, virtual audience out there that we're uh, trying to get information to. So, you know, it's like, golly, how could how, why would you even think you had to plan for something like that? But it was uh, it was handled very well. Um, but the point is that because we had that little hiccup, we did uh, open that up for an additional time that people have access to that information, no additional charge, and we hope they'll take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, is there a plan to have a virtual component for the annual session? Yes. I think okay. all meetings going forward with AAO will have a virtual component. They'll all be hybrid oh. meetings. Oh, great. I think that will you know, definitely increase the reach out there. So excellent. You know, hybrid means two things. I mean, you could be, you could be remote and be hybrid, or you could be sitting with your toes in the sand on the beach hybrid. Well, you know. <laughs> I promise to have my laptop out. <laughs> Just be sure you're under an umbrella so you don't get sunburned, right? Be careful. Well, thank you both so much for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you both in Miami. Um, it sounds like the winter conference has opened up the need for more discussions about the future of orthodontic practice. And I'm sure those discussions will continue in Miami at the annual session. And thank you to our listeners to keep up with the latest orthodontic industry news and to find past podcasts, visit our website at orthodonticproductsonline.com. Thanks for joining us. Take care. 